Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The weather around us can be described in many different ways and on both ends of the spectrum from absolute terror to stunning beauty. These two qualities tug on our heartstrings the most as human beings. We have to grasp the fear of a tornado wiping out our home, but we also take the opportunity to take smiling selfies with a vibrant rainbow. So it may come as no surprise that Hollywood leans into weather when making some blockbuster movies and TV shows. But how much is too much, or is it all in good fun? We've got a special episode today on Weather Geeks to talk all about it. Thank you for joining us on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm Dr. Marshall Shepard, and I'm going to do a little bit of changing of roles for this episode because we have some Weather Channel stars, some veterans on the podcast today. Uh, We have uh, Heather Zahns, who's our senior weather producer for the Weather Channel, uh, and also our social media meteorologist for the Weather Geeks podcast. She is actually going to be our moderator and host and I'm going to take a guest seat. We're also joined today by Jen Corfagno, on-camera meteorologist for the Weather Channel, self-appointed dew point diva, and overall just the ray of sunshine. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what her favorite weather movie is as well. She's also a host on the Weather Geeks podcast and one of our weather producers as well for the podcast. And Alex Wallace, an on-camera meteorologist for the Weather Channel. He's a big-time movie lover as well, but I am going to turn this over to Heather right now and let's see where this goes. Heather, it's all you. (laughs) I like the confidence in me. That's great. Uh, So, hey, everyone, Um, as he already said, Heather Zahn's from the Weather Channel, working with Weather Geeks on their social. And a couple of weeks ago, we put out a tweet and we wanted to know what were some of your favorite weather movies. And needless to say, we got a lot of submissions and some that I didn't even think of. And we'll talk about that in a sec. But I wanted to make sure our panel here uh, lets me know what their favorite weather movie is. And then we'll talk about some of your guys's fan favorites. So, Marshall, we're already just going to flip the script and we're going to go right to you first. So what would you say is your favorite weather movie? You know, I was thinking about this quite a bit as we were getting going. I can't wait to hear what Jen and Alex say, but you know, I'm going to come from a couple of different angles. I mean, the, you know, a lot of people are going to say Twister, obviously, and I think it's right up there for me, too. But honestly, and this may come from left field, but do the right thing. Oh, OK. It's not I just to jump in, Dr. Dr. Shepard, because that was one of mine as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to hear your take on it. Yeah. You know, Alex, I, you know, I I was thinking about it. A lot of people may not be familiar with this Spike Lee film, but it was a film that was set. And one of the sort of sort of hidden stars or context for the movie was this massive heat wave in New York, this Brooklyn heat wave that was going on. 
And it really centers around some things that were going on in terms of heat and how even heat played a role in the evolution of some of the storyline in that movie. So that's one. I think the other is probably the day after tomorrow uh, from a climate standpoint. You know, I remember I was a scientist at NASA at the time and I was interviewed by Doyle Rice, I believe, for USA Today when the movie came out. And he said, how would you grade that movie? Uh, And I said, I'd give it a D minus on the science, but I love the movie. I love the movie though. You know, there were some things that were just meteorologically and climatologically inconsistent. You know, for example, we know that when air sinks, it adiabatically compresses and warm, but there was some flash freezing going on and some really interesting (laughs) things uh, that were happening in that movie. But I enjoyed the movie. Look, E.T. isn't real, but we enjoyed the movie E.T. So movies don't always have to, from my view, at least be technically accurate to entertain us. So that's where I'd start. Right. For sure. Well, Alex, I know you chimed in so we can ask for your favorite weather movie or if he stole it from you, then I'm sorry. <laughs> and we did not compare notes. We yeah. didn't. We didn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where when the question was posed uh, on Twitter and I had to sit and think for a long time, it's one of those hard things to really pick your favorite anything. Right. Particularly when you're talking about movies. Uh, so you go through the, the, the list and you come up with like 10 different number ones that you like. Uh, and I settled in on, yeah, do the right thing, because I figured, okay, everyone's going to be thinking Twister, which is, again, I think, I, I would almost say it's got to be like 99% of meteorologists' favorite weather movie, right? So it's just, that's the gimme. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me come out of left field and do the right thing absolutely is that, because as Dr. Shepard said, it is, it's literally the heat is another character in the movie. Every scene, almost every scene references the heat. It plays such a big role in that movie. So that has to be the one uh, that I would go with. And the second one actually is uh, The Mist. And the main reason behind The Mist was, you know, you go to see a movie and you just know it's going to be trash. And that's exactly <laughs> that's not where what I thought I that was going. <laughs> it's going to be just the worst movie, but watched it and it was not bad. It was actually a pretty good film. So I think it was more the surprise after the fact watching it that made me think, oh, this is not a bad weather movie. Nice. That is a good pivot. And I will say uh, when we get into the discussion on uh, some of the fan favorite movies, there's like ones that have just nods to the weather where the weather plays a single character, kind of like what you're talking about and do the right thing where the heat plays a character in the story. Um, So we'll go into those in a little bit, but we have to ask Jen what her favorite weather movie is. Yeah, you know, I was tempted Twister because, of course, I love that movie, too. But Twister came out for me when I had already decided to become a meteorologist. And for so many meteorologists today, that's what inspired them. That's what really got them curious about tornadoes. So I definitely couldn't pick that one. Uh, I had to pick, it's not my number one, but I had to put it on my list, The Invisible Man. Because I'm in that movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) Nice. It's a nice plug. Give it away. It is the freakiest movie. I like didn't breathe for ninety five percent of it. But the (laughs) the weather and the rain. I'll just I'll just say that plays a really critical role. And when I when I did the filming for it and just you know taped a little forecast, I knew they needed to forecast. I got to read the scene ahead of and after it, but I didn't know what was happening in my scene. So um, I really didn't have a lot of context when doing this weather forecast for the movie. But it actually fit right in. It was it was perfect. What they gave me was 
was neat. Yeah. Uh, and it was indeed um, her hero in the movie. I'll just say, say that too. The weather was her hero. Oh, Jen um, with the teases coming I'm in. Adding that, I know, Jen, I'm I know. adding it to the list. It's an intense movie. You're definitely um, adding it to the my list. My favorite is Frozen. Oh, oh. lovely. <laughs> There's so much science in that movie. It's some that's true, there's some that's not true about like water having memory. You know, that's not true. But um, the the snowflakes and you know after um watching frozen and learning a little bit more about the making of the movie and the scientist dr ken liebrecht who was interviewed he's like the snowflake or snow crystal expert and it really got me interested in learning more about snow crystals and ice crystals and it just set me down a path of additional learning which you know you gotta you gotta love that and of course i brought my kids along with me on that journey yeah, I was going to say for the parents out there who have probably watched Frozen like a dozen or more times, <laughs> they probably didn't know how much like science was actually happening like right in front of them. So really interesting. So it's funny because I put together the list of the fan favorites and pretty much all the ones you guys mentioned, except for Day After Tomorrow, <laughs> I was, was not on there. Heather, yeah, go ahead. Before we leave Frozen, though, can I mention one thing? Absolutely. So I actually wrote a Forbes article about Frozen a couple of years ago. And it's interesting that Jen mentions that because there is a guy at LSU uh, who actually uses Frozen as a climate lesson at LSU. And so, uh, you know, it really does have a ton of science in there. And so I think it's really interesting that Jen picked up on that because there are this professor, Paul Miller, actually incorporates it into one of his science lessons at, at uh, Louisiana State University. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm going to have to try to sit in on that, on that class, <laughs> that lesson, maybe virtually or something. I'd love yeah. to. Oh, that is Speaking a great frozen, note. guys. I looked at this little fun little tidbit top 100 box office movies all time. Weather okay. related, there are only three that made, or actually only two, no, three that made it into that uh, top 200. And oh. the top two were actually coming in at number 11 with $1.4 billion worldwide, Frozen 2. And at number 18, <laughs> the original Frozen with $1.2 billion. Wow. Nice. There we go. Okay. I'll pick the popular one. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the billboard chart is on that theme song. Too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. yeah. Seriously. It's going to be stuck in my head forever now. Thanks. It'll take the corn song out, but now it's going to put the frozen song back in. So it's all good. Okay. So we'll talk about some of the fan favorites. Obviously, we'll just start off the discussion with the big one, Twister. Um, I'll go through a little bit of the plot summary for those who haven't seen it. And if you haven't, I don't know. Maybe you're not a real weather geek. Just kidding. Okay. So, uh, so during the approach of the most powerful storm in decades, university professor, Dr. Joe Harding played by Helen Hunt and an underfunded team of students prepare the prototype for Dorothy, a groundbreaking tornado data gathering device conceived by her estranged husband, Bill Paxton. Um, when Harding tells Bill that Dorothy is ready for testing and their privately funded rival, Dr. Jonas Miller, has stolen the idea and built his own, Bill rejoins the team for one final mission. So as you guys have already mentioned, this movie, like if you ask a meteorologist, they it's it either inspired them from the beginning or it inspired them along the way. Um, it was just such a wonderful movie. 
Um, what was your guys' opinion on the movie? I take it you guys probably saw it like in theaters when it came out. Like, how did it feel in that moment? And Marshall, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, what just are you how... trying to say, Heather? Are you trying to say we're old? <laughs> I'm only saying I was three years old when the movie came out, so they wouldn't have let me in the theater. I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely saw that movie in the theater. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, you know, my interest in meteorology certainly predates Twister, goes back to fifth, sixth grade for sure. But, you know, it's interesting because I talked to Roger Hill for an episode of Weather Geeks that may air either before or after this particular episode does. And he also talked about how that really took weather to a to a different stratospheric point, if you will, uh, the growth in meteorology programs, interest in meteorology. I mean, I can think back that when I was an undergraduate at Florida State, uh, there weren't as many programs as there are now. And I think there's just a, a, a need for them. I'm the director of the program at the University of Georgia, and, which is only a program that's 20 years old uh, that sprouted up out of, I think, in part, some of this interest. I mean, we still get students that come in and say, hey, do you have storm testing programs? And I think all of that sort of links back to Twister. So I, I think it was a genre defining movie in, in terms of our field. Yeah, definitely. And it wasn't just like, oh, let's go. It's a movie about tornadoes. Like, no, it's about storm chasers chasing tornadoes. Like, I, it's, I, a, it's I will their say, story. I will say this, though, and I, this is something Roger and I talked about. So make sure you ca- uh, catch that episode of Weather Geeks. I mean, there's always been chasing and sort of the scientific uh, uh, sort of reasonings behind chasing. But we talked about whether Twister may have also spurred an era of a bit more challenge and danger in the process of chasing because you've got some really experienced people out there than some people that aren't so experienced. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the this sort of, you know, double edged sword in terms of the value of chasing, which certainly there is value. But then the chaser convergence and all the things that he said when he used to go out chasing pre Twister, it was just him and a few scientists from NSL mm-hmm. and other places. So it definitely upped the ante, but also up perhaps some of the danger aspects as well. But uh, that's yeah. definitely check out what Roger Hill has to say about that on that episode of Weather Geeks. Uh, for you, listen to Weather Geeks. Yeah. And, ahead, Jen. Was, and at the time I was an aspiring meteorologist, but then, you know, soon after I, I learned that a lot of what they talked about in Twister were real programs like Dorothy didn't exist, but there was something called Toto, which did exist was the same theory. There was Project Vortex where they were trying to place these Toto um, things, which is just like Dorothy in the path of a tornado and gain, you know, some observations in, in situ. And so I really appreciated the research that went into that movie. It was not just fluff and it was not just you know, crazy Hollywood magic with creating tornadoes. It was, it, there was a good science background in it. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah. I mean, I think all of you guys mentioned all the great things about the movie. And I think at the end of the day, it was a good movie. Um, there've been so many just, you know, crazy disaster movies that have come out since Twister. And that's all it is. It's special effects. Uh, they might look cool, not a whole lot of reality to it. But Twister was, you know, based in some uh, bit of reality and it was just thoroughly just a good movie. Like you didn't have to be a weather geek to enjoy the movie just as a movie. I do have some fact versus fiction, though, because I used to be Rology 101 course. I used to at the Weather Channel and I do a little science and showbiz part of that. And so everyone wants to know what's real, what's not. And in Twister, you've, you've got that Dorothy Toto thing, which which is real. In the movie Twister, every tornado was a monster. I mean, everyone was an EF5, or at, in the time they were still using F scale, F5. 
that's not the case. It's a very small percentage of tornadoes that are that big in, in reality. Um, the storm chasers were calling it as they saw it. They're like, that's an F5. That's an yeah, F5. You that was a big scale. flag for me. <laughs> yeah, the EF scale, the Fragita, enhanced Fragita scale is an assessment of the damage done after the fact. So that was one of the fiction kind of things on there. Plus the fact that they got pretty lucky. I mean, storm chasers don't take those kind of risks and, you know, drive through farms and um, end up seeing flying cows that close to them. So that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> Yeah, Jen, yeah. You, you said it. Uh, they, again, as as good as it did job it did of you know trying to be based in reality, they definitely took some liberties and going beyond that. You mentioned a few. I caught one as well. I actually wrote an article about this a while ago. Uh, it was the opening scene of the movie, which was actually set in 1969, key year. Um, as the tornado was threatening, they mentioned that it was an e, an F5, and you mentioned you can't even know that you know, until after the fact, right? Uh, but it also could be, right, because the Fujita scale uh, actually didn't do, get developed until 1971. So it's oh just not Gotcha. Yeah, that's a good one, Alex. That's good, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah those are good mean, But like we were saying, though, these these certainly, these movies, they, 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 they take liberties all of the time. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to take a break right now and then we'll come back and talk about some of the other fan favorites. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, everyone. Uh, Heather Zahn's back from Weather Geeks podcast. I'm here with Marshall Shepard, Jen Carfagno, and Alex Wallace. We're turning the tables a little bit. I'm the one who usually writes the notes. Now I'm speaking the notes. It's a whole new pivot because it's something that I was really excited to talk about, which is us kind of talking about some of Hollywood's favorite uh, weather movies and TV shows and things like that. So we just talked about Twister and now it's time to talk about my personal favorite, the day after tomorrow. Um, I'll give the, I'll give the, uh, the uh, plot summary really quick for those who don't know. Um, after climatologist Jack Hall played by Dennis Quaid is largely ignored by UN officials when presenting his environmental concerns, his research proves true when an enormous superstorm develops setting off catastrophic natural disasters throughout the world trying to get to his son, Sam, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who is trapped in New York with his friend Laura and others. Jack and his crew must travel by foot from Philadelphia, braving the elements to get to Sam before it's too late. So my senior thesis was on this paper in college because it was very interesting to see, I mean, how many uh, scientific flaws there are, um, which there are plenty, but it kind of brought the attention to kind of bring it, bringing the change in climate to 
Hollywood. I mean, it was pretty much that first movie that everyone was like, whoa, could this happen? And the answer is no. But like there, there are some flags that we have to think about when our climate is changing and when people are being ignored in those types of regards. So, uh, Marshall, I know you also mentioned it was your second favorite weather movie. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it, I think it was a, it served its purpose in entertaining us, first of yes. all. But it also served its purpose as putting climate change in more of a public space. And at a time when, unlike, I think, in 2022, which we're in the time we're taping this, when we're talking about 116 degree temperatures in Sacramento, California in September uh, or other things that we're seeing, I think at you know, that time there was still a lot more, oh, OK, is climate change happening? Is it real? I think we're kind of past that a little bit now. Uh, but at the time we weren't. And so I think the day after tomorrow really played a role. And it, 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 it was sitting on top of some really feasible climate science, this idea that this thermal haline circulation, this large circulation in the ocean that could be disrupted or perhaps shut down by the intrusion of fresh water from the melting of the Greenland ice sheet and so forth. So that is the type of thing that scientists today are concerned about, but not at the level of intensity or shutdown that we saw in the movie. So the, uh, how rapid it was. Like. Yeah, really a, sort of what we call abrupt climate change. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really entertaining movie. And you know, one of the earliest scenes in the movie is I think Dennis Quaid's character down at one of the uh, maybe in Antarctica taking a core, an ice core. Uh, and that's certainly um, a way that in paleoclimate studies that we get information on past climate. So that's real. That's real science. So, yeah. Uh, paleoclimatology, by the way, we have an episode on that. Uh, just go make sure you go check it out. Weather geeks. Um, Alex, yeah, blue, what, blue holes. <laughs> blue holes and blue, it's a geek out. Yeah, it is definitely a geek out. Um, this is a little bit more of a pivot, but this is still a geek out. Having a great time. Uh, Alex, uh, do you have any thoughts or feelings about the day after tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those movies that you can talk about popcorn movies. That's it. You sit down, you completely just don't think and you <laughs> pop popcorn and, and enjoy. I, I just remember vividly the one that sticks out for me in terms of scenes from the movie was when the, the tornadoes uh, erupted. Right. And there were like a hundred tornadoes going all over the place. And then, then the helicopter or plane is kind of weaving in and out of the tornadoes. It was like, man, this is the most ridiculous scene ever, but it was fun. And, you know, at the end of the day, what is the movie supposed to be? What is a movie supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be fun. And that's really what it is, right? Uh, but again, there is that backdrop of, okay, this is bringing that awareness to an issue that is out there. Now, it may take it a, a 30 steps too far in terms of the results of that, that change in climate. But again, it puts it into people's minds. Uh, that there's something going on in the in the world and on this globe that we need to pay attention to. And I think Dennis Quaid represented every scientist today and that scientists sure. are always warning us and no one's listening. We we even saw that in the movie. Don't look up more recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't look up was also uh, on my list um, of things to talk about. Um, we could kind of mold it into this one. Uh, Jen, if you have yeah. thoughts on day after tomorrow first, though. Well, I was going to bring that in, actually, because it okay. reminds me it, exactly the, in Hollywood. It's always the scientist is trying to get the truth out there and no one is listening or they're 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 louder than, you know, the scientists. And Don't Look Up was another movie like that. Uh, the other one was Geostorm was a movie. Did you guys see Geostorm? I did. I, did I saw not, it in theaters. I did not, I did not I see did Geostorm, not. but I knew it was climate related. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it was about, you know, weather modification. And, and in the movie, scientists were sending satellites 
up to space to change the weather. I mean, it was very far-fetched, but so many people thought that it was realistic that Noah had to put out a statement <laughs> and to say, like, we're not mandated to do this. We don't really have the resources to do this. We're not doing it, you know, but it was a formal statement because it was well done by Hollywood. Um, but again, in the movie, the scientists that knew what was going to happen if you tinkered with things, you know, um, to an extreme, no one was listening to. And that's the theme. And I think that's maybe the takeaway that maybe just keeps, I hope, getting um, getting to the public, which is listen to the science. You know, at the end of the day, the, the science is going to speak the truth as best we know it. I mean, science isn't perfect for sure, but it's sort of the best that we have. Yeah, because um, when again, when we put the tweet out, there were a lot of people with the twisters and the day after tomorrow and stuff. But there were a lot of people. I would say it's definitely in the top five of um, people's favorite movie was Don't Look Up. And for those who don't know, um, it's about two low level astronomers. They have to go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. So by that description, you're like, that's not about climate, but it's definitely a lot of symbolism and connections with what we as scientists have to, the hurdles that we have to jump through when we are communicating the impending dangers of climate change. And obviously it's very satirical, um, but even with like the heat wave out West and the European heat wave from a couple weeks ago, people were starting to see a lot of parallels like in real time happening where a scientist would go on air and say like, uh, so just like that, there are some hints that the climate change may be involved in some of these events and there's the anchors are just kind of playing it off. They're like, oh, no, no, it's just summer. It's fine. This happens every year. And we, you know, we all of us in here have to deal with that pretty much every day of like just trying to just trying to get the word out, man. We're trying to save lives here. Like, you know, it's so, so hard. I will, I will say one of the things that was sort of revolutionary about innovative about the day after tomorrow, I was actually one of the scientists advisors on that movie. And one of the things that was that they have done, they have a community online where you actually can go and get resources about how you can get involved or get engaged in climate action. So uh, the directors and producers are very clear that though it was a, 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 a metaphor and, and satirical, it was this movie was very much about climate and climate in action. And so uh, they wanted to keep things alive beyond sort of the movie itself. So I, I thought that was fascinating. I actually have one question for you, Heather, because you were manning or, or gendering. I, I hate that term manning because it's full gender bias, but you were watching the Twitter on that question. Did anyone say uh, Groundhog Day? Uh, so, so Alex Wallace is going to make fun of me for this and you guys are probably all going to make fun of me too. Um, so Groundhog Day did come up a lot. It was also really high up there. I had not seen Groundhog Day until yesterday. <laughs> I watched it last night in preparation for this, um, because, and not to age myself again, but it came out in 1993. I was born in 1993. So I, <laughs> I had no, you know, it was like twister day after tomorrow, like those Totally gotcha on those. Um, but yes, there was a lot of day after tomorrow. And after watching it last night, I can definitely see why, because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Groundhog Day. I know, is, that's probably my third. Day hat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know I'm, a, I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. I know. So here's a question. Here's a question that I have just in general. I mean, I just I mean, I mean, are, are there other movies where 
uh, Weather Channel personnel have appeared? I mean, Jen, you said you were in, uh, I guess, Invisible. Invisible. Now, Heather is just bringing in her, her hat. I have my hat for the podcast listeners, but <laughs> I kept it forever. <laughs> I, I have to imagine that the yeah. Weather Channel folks have appeared in other movies before, but there. I don't, I don't well, there was Sharknado, wasn't there? Yes, we, he was in Sharknado. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about Sharknado. Sharknado. Which one? Like Sharknado 25? Or no, I, I know she was at least in the first one. I don't know how long we kept that contract up, you know, we kept it going, but <laughs> definitely know that. Uh, any other ones, though, that... Yeah, Cantori hasn't been in it. I would imagine Cantori's been in something. He's got to have been in one, all right? Probably so. Actually. I'll ask him tomorrow. That's but a surprise. It would movie. be surprising. Yeah. Sitcoms. Yeah. You know, well, we pop up in sitcoms from time to time. Yeah. I will say also because I it, it was the next movie I was going to talk about. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I know the on air person or like the guy on the TV was voiced by Al Roker. So like there was that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that uh, connection as well. So like bringing in like real like meteorologists to kind of you know, step into these movies a little bit. I have to admit, I, I didn't see that movie. I know it was an animated feature, as I recall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't see that. You know, one of the other things that, you know, I, there are a lot of people listening to Weather Geeks that are probably Star Wars fans. Uh, I actually explored the weather of Star Wars in an article one time, because there's if you go back and look at the various Star Wars, there's so many sort of weather um, sort of backdrops and scenarios so i was kind of curious about this but uh another movie that that's really a big time favorite of mine actually and it probably might sort of challenge for my top two is the perfect storm oh yes. and then, uh, the perfect storm because there that really was talking about a true story so yeah that was my next section where it was some of like historical retellings of weather events through uh, like through movie or TV. Um, there was the perfect storm, which we'll deep dive in a second. Then there was also 13 lives, which just came out um, very recently about the uh, rescue mission of the boys trapped in the flooded caves in Thailand. And then there was another, I believe it's on Apple TV, uh, five days at Memorial, which is talking about uh, the Memorial medical center during hurricane Katrina in new Orleans. So there's these movies that um, it's like, the main focus is the weather or the reason that this event happened was because of the weather. And now they're making uh, a movie about these events. So um, talking about the perfect storm, I'll give the plot summary really quick. Um, based on a true story, the film tells of the courageous men and women who risk their lives every working day, pitting their fishing boats and rescue vessels against the uh, forces of nature. Their worst fears are realized at sea on Halloween of 1991 when they are confronted by three raging weather fronts, which unexpectedly collide to produce the greatest, fiercest storm in modern history, aka the perfect storm. So um, this was also Mike Chesterfield, um, his favorite movie. He just wanted me to plug that for him. <laughs> Shout um, out to but, Mike Chesterfield, the original yes. executive producer of Weather Geeks. That's right. There you go. <laughs> um, so, Alex, I wanted to get your take on The Perfect Storm as well, if you've seen it and um, how you thought it, in more of a based on a true story fashion that weather can be communicated as well. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Probably when, last time I saw it was essentially when it came out. Mm -hmm. But uh, just the general making of these types of movies, these based on true stories, particularly when in this, in this case dealing with weather, I love it because... Yeah, you get entertained, but now you've got a, a, a story about something that you may not be familiar with uh, and all may not be correct in, in terms of totally factual with the movie. But 
Now you've got something that you can go back to and research and say, oh, so this is what actually happened. Uh, this was a real storm. This was had real impacts, big impacts. So it's a it's a learning opportunity. Yes, you're getting a chance to see this movie, but now you've got that chance to also go back and revisit this uh, this pretty really big event. And so I do love these based on true stories um, to get that to get that uh, that knowledge. For sure, uh, Jen, go ahead. Yeah, no, I include this in my meteorology 101 um, course too because it is more accurate than any of the other weather-related movies that I've I've come across. I mean, there are definitely some inaccuracies, like the way the way that they describe the perfect storm forming. It really was an extratropical cyclone that was the main storm, and it was a hurricane that kind of got absorbed into the front, and it was. The, the, the hurricane wasn't the big deal. It was the extratropical cyclone. But that's a great takeaway because so often in life we see this, that it's like a nor'easter can cause more damage than a hurricane. Sometimes we have to give these extratropical cyclones their due. Um, but the, you know, the, the sort of the, the heroism in the story and um, the the message I feel like in there was one of truly respecting the weather in the end. I mean, ultimately it, you know, it was a tragedy, but they did appreciate what they were up against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wanted to sort of just add on to what Jen just said, because I think Sandy was a really good example of messaging that sort of was tied into what Jen just mentioned, because as we recall back in 2012, there was this big discussion about what, you know, we knew that Sandy was going to transition to an extra tropical storm, not a hurricane or a tropical storm, but there was a debate about whether the hurricane center should still be messaging or warning for the storm because people pay attention more to hurricanes to extra tropical systems. So I think there've been some procedural changes after Sandy, but that, that came to mind when I heard Jen say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting takeaway as well. Cause this uh, movie was before Sandy. So then it's like, kind of like, man, extra tropical cyclones, like, just because they have such a longer name and it's not pretty like a hurricane um, does not mean that you cannot focus on them because there's still a lot of like real dangers that come from uh, storms like that. Yeah, for, perhaps a, for a precursor to the Weather Channel and its naming storms, which got off to a controversial and rocky start. Um, but I think, you know, it's a part of the accepted lingo now. Now, you know, everyone still doesn't use it. And I, I'm sort of a free agent here, so I can talk more freely about that than my colleagues. Um, you know, it's, you know, one of the reasons I was all brought in to talk about weather geeks is like you don't necessarily have to toe the party line. But I mean, I think there was a lot of discussion here about naming storms. And we just did a Weather Geeks episode on naming of heat waves actually and so catch that because i think it really this idea about branding storms is interesting but that's the talk for a different day let's jump <laughs> i know Heather's <laughs> yeah. taking us to some different places <laughs> yes so uh we'll take one quick break and then we'll talk about the rest of some of the fan favorite movies that you guys are all discussing i normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. 
After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And we're back on the Weather Geeks podcast. My name is Heather Zahn's producer on Weather Geeks. I'm here with Dr. Marshall Shepard because, of course, I'm here with Jen Carfagno and Alex Wallace as well. So there were some other weather movies that I wanted us, us to get our takes on, which may not be everyone's first choice when they think of their favorite weather movie, like the Twisters and Perfect Storms and things like that, but also just ones that the weather plays a character. It plays a big role. Um, so the first one I'm going to mention um, was The Wizard of Oz, because that was a lot of people's one. A lot of people did say it. But... And I have to jump in. Yeah, for sure. Of all time, which is crazy. Think of when did that movie come out? The 30s? Yeah, something like that. I still think to this day it is the best tornado uh, in a movie. Ooh, that's a hot Absolutely. take. Yeah. Absolutely. Go back and watch it. They did an <laughs> unbelievable job making that tornado. Yeah, it's not going to take you very long. It's in the first like five minutes. You right. can just like, you know, like get to it right away. I, I would tend to agree. It's a good, it's a good tornado. And it's hard to say best of all time because there have been some dramatizations out there that are really realistic. <laughs> but I think that one, it was, it was not just what it looked like. It was what it felt like when you watched it, right? You sort of felt like you were in that home getting lifted away in Kansas. And I think they did a great job of pulling that all together. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Wizard of Oz is, it's a, you can't argue yeah. with a classic. Yeah. I mean, that was for a lot of people, it was like, that was the first time they probably, it sparked fear in them of like, oh my gosh, like a tornado can just come and lift up my house and carry me and my house somewhere. Like that's insane. Um, then, you know, so much of our population doesn't really experience a tornado. So this was definitely of one of those. Um, another one that uh, was, is a, this is a shout out to Mike Bettis because he said this was his favorite was Back to the Future. Um, with the lightning, how much lightning plays a role in how they travel to and from the future. Um, so yeah, it was just really interesting. And I know the, there were, the cinematographers also did a bunch of interviews about how important lightning was to that scene and they wanted to get it right. Um, so like you, it's not just like throwing weather in your movie and just being like, yeah, cool, whatever. It's making sure it's right in your movie and makes sense. So yeah, speaking of lightning, one of my all time, it's probably in my top favorite movies of all time, not necessarily weather related is big trouble in little China. Oh, okay. if you've seen that movie. There's three <laughs> storms. There are these three ninja yes. characters that, that simulate different aspects of the weather. And so you made me think about that because they always appeared in this sort of lightning. Alex is laughing. So I suspect you've seen hilarious oh, movies. Absolutely. You have not seen it. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad, but it's so that. good. It, it, that's it, that's a right. It's kind of campy. Bad. Kurt Russell's in it. It's 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 yeah. It's it's it make it's really funny, but it's gonna in a kind of campy, kind of bad kind of way. But, uh, yeah. We're all just gonna everyone after listening to this podcast is like, all right, I'm gonna take a weekend and like write down all these notes of like which movies I need to see because there there are some really good ones for sure. Um, Alex, did you have anything that you wanted to add with the with the Back to the Future suggestion? You know, that's one of those where it's funny how everyone kind of picks things out from movies because I would have not even thought about Back to the Future. But he's right. I mean, if it wasn't for the whole lightning strike, striking the clock tower, I mean, all that stuff, of course, with the, the, the DeLorean almost creating its own light. It's just it is a part of it. Now that you think about it, it really is. Um, yeah. Wow. I wouldn't have thought of that. Shout out to Mike Bettis. 
<laughs> Shout, Shout out to Mike Bettis. Bettis just in general for being <laughs> yeah. <Mike Bettis>. yeah. <laughs> All the homies love Mike Bettis. Um, okay. Uh, so another one, this one is also one where you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that because I didn't either. Um, uh, Jurassic Park, the first one, um, because Adam Kozak, I'm shouting him out because he had a really good tweet that he replied to us with. He said, I really think if it weren't for the muddy, flooded out roads caused by the tropical storm impacting Isla Nublar, uh, Newman would would have made it to the ship with the shaving cream can and then back in time to power on all the fences and the security again. So, again, it's where like weather plays a role that you definitely weren't thinking about when you're watching the movie about dinosaurs. But it's there and like some things wouldn't have happened if the weather wasn't there. No, I so didn't right. even, I, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie and I never really put that together. But now when you say, you know, tropical storm in Hawaii, you know, they just don't happen there that often. It does happen, right. of course, we know, but it's not a common occurrence. This is where I always like to look at the fact versus fiction. It happens for <laughs> sure. We see it every year, probably at least some kind of threat. Um, but it's, it's not the first place you think of for a tropical system. Exactly. They just have a lot of rain. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It could have just been like a really bad rainstorm or something. Yes. So, um, OK, we have a couple more. Uh, this one speaks for itself. Singing in the rain. I mean, iconic, of course. Of course. Uh, and then the last one I have here is The Shining, which is one of my all time favorite movies. But uh, the snowstorm is what there is a snowstorm that traps them in the hotel. Um, and then all the, you know, spooky stuff happens after that. So. Uh, again, if there was no snowstorm, there'd be no shining. Yeah. And speaking of uh, shining, of course, that was a, a book by Stephen King uh, and he's got a billion movies. But there's a few which have been have rather relations to him, uh, including I mentioned one of my favorites was The Mist. He right. Wrote that. But also don't forget Misery. That's the oh, story. Yes. All, if, if it wasn't for the snowstorm and the car crash that happened, the rest of the movie doesn't exist or the rest of the book doesn't exist. So it uh, looks like Stephen King has an affinity for the weather in, in his own. He does. I'm surprised we didn't get anybody saying anything about X-Men because there is a character that can actually control. Oh, oh my gosh. Storm. Come on, geeks, what are you doing? Yeah. The X-Men. We got yeah. Halle Berry love up in here. Come yeah, on. Halle Berry. Like. Well, I have to admit having a little crush on Halle Berry back in the day. Oh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so it was... It was really fun, like seeing all the or hearing from all these other weather geeks from all across the world. Basically, we had so many, so many uh, people engaging with the tweet, which is really, really fun. Um, just hearing what people love about the weather. And it kind of like, you know, if you're into snowstorms, like maybe like, you know, the Groundhog Day or whatever is more up your alley. And if you love tornadoes, Twisters for you, like there seems like there's kind of a movie for everyone. Um, and you can just kind of see how much people think the weather is really valued in a place, especially like Hollywood. So um, those are the ones I had. Any final thoughts? Uh, Marshall, I'll start with you. If there are any movies that I had missed or any parting words? No, I wouldn't say that you missed anything. I think, first of all, thank you all. This was great. This was fun. This is this is going to be a highly tweetable episode. For you. <laughs> That's uh, why I did it, because I knew I could get a lot of content. Movies are fun. They're entertaining at the end of the day. Uh, just keep that in mind. I would give a shout out to a sort of a 
serious documentary. It's not, not really a movie as much as it is a documentary called When the Levees Broke. I, I'm, Spike Lee did not pay me today, mm. but uh, it's a really good sort of treatment of what, what went on with Hurricane Katrina, if you're really interested in knowing more on that. But uh, it's a little bit of a deep dive, serious dive. But in general, uh, movies are supposed to entertain us. I don't have problems with Hollywood taking some liberties on the science as long as it entertains me. But uh, they certainly can raise some important issues as well. So, Heather, thank you for really sort of spurring this episode. That was a lot of fun. Alex, any final thoughts? No, this is great. Uh, you know, whenever I can get a chance to talk about two of the, my favorite things, right? Weather and movies put up together. I mean, can't go wrong with that. So really good to hear from everyone and, and their thoughts. You know, everyone's got uh, opinions. It's a subjective thing, right? What we like when it comes to uh, movies and uh, putting those two together, movies and weather can't be better. Can't be better. Oh. Oh my God. I was thinking that movies and weather can't be better. Oh my God. That's so good. So good. <laughs> so tweetable. Okay. Uh, Jen. <laughs> oh, this is really fun. And I think this really solidifies, you know, one thing about the weather that always brings you back to it is it's such a part of our everyday life. And so weather affects your day, how it's going to go. Are you going to get wet, go into the bus stop, et cetera? Are you going to be afraid of thunderstorms? Uh, are they going to disrupt your plans? But also it can entertain. And so this really brought that all together in this conversation. So great job, Heather. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, Marshall, would you like to do the honors for the Geek of the Week? Well, uh, the, uh, who is the Geek of the Week? I don't have it. I'm going to let you know. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I was I so it. engrossed in being a guest that I didn't even get my notes <laughs> yeah, out. So, that's all Heather, good. It's on you. All right. Uh, so now it's time for our Geek of the Week. We like to highlight a scientist superstar, a great geologist, or a weather weenie at the end of every podcast. And this week's geek is Orlando Arcuria. He is an on-air meteorologist for N Plus Media, a national news program out of Mexico City. He's passionate about teaching and changing the way weather is communicated on TV in Mexico. So if you, somebody who's listening or someone you know, would be a deserving candidate for our next Geek of the Week, check it out on our social pages. And it's time to close the book, close the script or the, the clip tape or whatever it's called. Where you snap the thing, we're done. This podcast is over. All right. Thanks, everybody. But, but there'll be a sequel, right? Uh, mm, yeah, make it. Yeah, gotta be. yeah, there's gotta be. Uh, we could do like Nato a live. Get a sequel this can. Yeah, we'll do an episode for every. We'll review every single Sharknado movie. We'll put them all oh, in one episode. Wow. We'll be here for a long time. <laughs> See y'all.